0: Is The Talking Dead a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show The Walking Dead?
1: Hi, my name is Jason, and my name is Chris. And this is The Talking Dead, episode number 571, recorded Thursday, March the 3rd, 2022. It sure
0: is, everyone. Welcome to the show. Hello, Jason. How are you? I am doing well, Christopher. How are you? Not too bad. A little tired this evening. This week has been long. Next week is going to be even longer, I think. So what I really need to do is record this podcast, get it edited, put it out there, go to bed at like two o'clock in the morning like I usually do on podcast night, and then get Uh three hours of sleep before the dog wakes me up.
1: Nice. well, there you go. yeah, so good I times. think uh, I think you told me once that uh, uh, and this was specifically about having kids. the days are long, but the years are short.
0: Oh yes, oh yes, they really so are. The, the these years, are the long days. These are the long days and my kids are teenagers. <laughs> That's when yeah. we decided to get a dog who uh, is like having a kid, a baby. Um, so there you go. smart me
1: yeah the uh, the the woman that married my father-in-law. Uh, A few years ago, she her first husband. She just had her second kid, so she uh, when when she was married to her first husband, uh, she had a uh, like a a thirteen month old and then a newborn. Uh, And uh, what does her husband do? Like two weeks after getting this newborn puppy, gets a gets her gets a puppy. Yeah, and he works so much that she's got to take care of the puppy. So that was uh, it's like oh, you know what you need? You need another. You need another. Responsibility. (laughs) You need a dog. Just bring a puppy into
0: that situation. I don't know. That's it's it's amazing having a puppy. Like I, I love the dog, but he's like any dog, you know, he's 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 incredible, but he also drives me insane sometimes. And I was telling somebody the other day, like it's it seems so easy to train him to do things we want him to do, like go pee outside, yet it seems so impossible to get him to stop chewing on the goddamn rug or something that we don't want him to do, you know?
1: <laughs> well, yeah, it's that, uh, uh, yeah, getting getting him to do something is a lot easier than getting him to not do something. I know. I know. I'm aware. <laughs> it's the same with anybody, right? I it's guess. How do, you, how do you curb negative behavior without negative reinforcement? Yeah. It's so difficult. Yeah, well, it's tough. It's tough with people
0: and with dogs. But he's awesome in every other way. And uh, just before we started recording, I was sitting upstairs in my favorite chair with my dog on my lap. I was petting him, you know, just eating an apple. <laughs> nice. And that was nice. Yes. All right. It's like
1: uh, YouTube got rid of the dislike button. They only have the like button now. Oh. So oh, uh, you can't you can't provide negative feedback. You can only provide positive feedback or no feedback or none. Right. A lot of people are annoyed by that, but I can see the rationale. If you don't have something right? nice
0: to say, say nothing at all.
1: Yeah. If you're going to be mean, shut the fuck up. Right. Don't be mean in the, clo- in the corner by yourself. You don't have to be mean on the internet. I mean,
0: if I, I, I wish anyone would take that advice. <laughs> yeah. And by anyone, I mean everybody except our listeners, because our listeners are the best. They're never mean. And uh, you're going to find out that as we go through this week's podcast, because of course, we are here to do our feedback for season 11, episode 10 of The Walking Dead called New Haunts. And we got lots of calls. Our call to email ratio is way lopsided towards calls right now, Jason.
1: Yeah, people uh, people love calling.
0: <laughs> and I love getting calls. So it's perfect uh, synergy right there. Uh, do you want to know how many millions of people watched episode 10? No. I mean, yes. Go ahead and tell me. But also no. (laughs)
1: But also,
0: uh, I don't know. Well, last week, episode nine was 1.76 million and episode 10 was 1.6. So it's still going down. uh, Still going down. Yeah. I've said it a million times that, of course, you know, those, these aren't the only numbers that matter. And all I bring these up for is sort of looking at the trend. I like to see the trend of which way it's going. Um, but you can't help, but think about the days when it was 15, 16 million, like we were just bathed in a glorious amount of viewership riches back then, you know?
1: Yes. But you know, it's a, we're looking at the trend, but the trend of what, and we've talked about this before, right? The trend of people not watching TV live we know that's been going down for quite some time oh, and totally. it's going to get abysmal very very soon. Totally. So until we get uh, other numbers like what are the what's the viewership on AMC plus and what's the digital downloads on uh you know Apple uh Apple TV plus or Apple whatever or what are the other streaming services unless we get those numbers uh you know we don't know what the viewership is going is actually like No, I
0: hear you. I mean it's kind of meaningless, but for some reason I still like looking at it as one in a vacuum as one measurement of, of the viewership of this show you know that's I just kind of follow along to see which way it's going and I think compared to itself it has some value. It's just you can't really compare it to anything else.
1: Yeah it, it kind of reminds me of uh, you know there's a and we're gonna there's there's a meme on the internet about the, uh, the raccoon that gets a handful of cotton candy and then he goes to wash it in the stream. <laughs> I don't know if I've so seen that. So He's got this cotton candy. He's like, oh my God, this is great. You know how raccoons like to watch stuff? Oh yeah. So he takes it and he puts it in the stream and it just kind of dissolves. And he's like looking at his hands going, what the fuck? I was going to eat that. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I haven't seen that one. Yeah. It's a meme I have missed. Well, that you know, so reminds me of that. We're looking at the numbers here, but it's uh, it's something that is uh, not real. And doesn't mean anything. And when, uh, you know, when all is said and done, they're all going to vanish anyway. Right. You know, live TV is, well, people still listen to the radio. I listen to the radio. So people will watch live TV until, uh, uh, until the zombie apocalypse, I guess. I guess so. (laughs) Until there is no more live TV. Then it's all DVDs.
0: Oh yeah. Sounds good. All right. Let's jump into our feedback, Jason. Uh, Here we go. Listener feedback. We are going to kick things off with a call from Emma. Hey
2: up, guys. It's Emma calling from Leeds in the UK here. Um, Before I get into this, I just want to point out that I I do completely get where they were coming from um, with this that I'm about to talk about. And I know it was to build suspense and kind of lull us into a false sense of security, thinking that Daryl and the kids were in danger. But in what world did the Commonwealth think that it was a good idea to have actors playing zombies in the haunted house? Who, in charge of the Commonwealth, sat there and said, right, okay, so we've got a kid's Haunted House attraction for Halloween, which who knew it was such a big deal to celebrate Halloween. But anyway, um, what what should we put in there? Uh, should we put some witches in? No. How about some ghosts? No. Vampires? No, they're just not scary enough. Um... Oh, I know. Let's have people dress up as those things that have been terrifying us and killing us for the last 10 plus years. You know, the things that have literally ruined the world. Um, that'll do it. That's that's scary enough. Um, and also, does it not just seem really stupid? Like, if a zombie was to somehow breach the walls and get into um, the Commonwealth and get into the haunted house attraction, you know, and everyone's wandering around going, oh, look at that great acting. Look at him. Oh, he's going for my arm. He's going to take a bite. Oh. Oh no, shit. Yeah, he's he's bit in my arm. It's a, it's a real zombie, that. Shit. Um, anyway, I know that just seemed like a really big old nitpick and I do try and suspend my disbelief to try and get full enjoyment out of the show. But that really was a come on, guys, kind of moment for me. Um. So yeah, looking forward to the next episodes and looking forward to hearing all your feedback on them when they do air. That's it for me. Absolute regards. Bye, guys.
0: Thanks, Emma. So... I made a similar point when we recapped it, but Emma said it in such a more entertaining and eloquent way. I wanted to uh, play that call. But yeah, it seems insane that you would have yeah. people dress up like zombies for a haunted house in the zombie apocalypse
1: well, yeah, I mean I mean it, it part of it was to uh to show us just the the huge disconnect between uh you know the Commonwealth. Uh, and their perception of reality and reality. Just, right. just to show us that there is a huge disconnect. They're so uh, out of touch that they would do something like this and think that it's fun uh, when uh, it's really not fun. And the, the other thing I'm thinking of is like, it's like uh, going to a Halloween uh, haunted house. And as you're walking through there, you have like uh, 10 or 15 people coughing on you. Uh, you know, in this day and age, It's not something you would want to, you know, even if it's for pretend and you know that these people have been uh, properly tested and negative and COVID negative, but still walking through a haunted house with people coughing on you, uh, it seems in poor taste. Yeah. That's
0: the scariest thing I've heard in a long time. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I, I do think it's funny. And her point about like, if you have people walking around dressed up as zombies, there's, that's a good way to get, you know confused for a real zombie first of all or if for whatever reason a real zombie gets in there and you don't realize it's a real zombie well your arms bit shit as emma said
1: <laughs> yeah and with the with the newcomers here i i said it in the recap uh, you know do you want to get stabbed because that's how you get stabbed yeah is that uh, you surprise somebody uh that is used to stabbing things that surprise them and then you surprise them you're going to get stabbed and You know, sure, they tried to take away all of the weapons, but, uh, you, you know, Daryl still has a knife somewhere. Yeah. Like there's no way Daryl does not have a weapon on him. Somewhere for sure. And he's a little stabby. So. And so he should be. I mean, this is the way the world has trained you in the last decade. You know, a decade of, uh, you know, being stabby. Sometimes you're just, you know, you're stabby. You're going to stab somebody. I think you are. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Terrible idea. Uh, but thank you, Emma, for the call. Thank you. Next, we have an email from Ellie in Brisbane. I fucking loved this episode. From start to finish, it had so many good things. What about that opening? So on the nose but just perfect and, a, and set the tone for the rest of the episode. Finally, we get to see our beloved characters doing something more regular uh, and what a refreshing change it is. The way the episode moved through our little groups uh, to give us just a slice of intrigue and tell us so much about who they are, where they've been, and how tight a unit they can be. It was really lovely to see. Yeah, you know,
0: I think... <sighs> I'm not sure about about some of the stuff that that Ellie is is mentioning here. You know, set the tone for the episode. The opening was, in my opinion, a little bit weird. And the whole tone for a lot of it, like with the Halloween celebration and stuff like that, was a little strange. Now, I do like your point from a minute ago, Jason, about how it, it just shows the total disconnect between the Commonwealth and the outside world, which is, I guess, what they were going for. And they really did a good job of that, you know,
1: Yeah.
0: these people living what just feels like a regular life. Meanwhile, it's the end of the world outside. So I think everything, almost everything in this episode was to reinforce that to us.
1: It, it was. And it, you know, if you're going to pick a holiday to depict on television, the least offensive one to pick is Halloween right cuz if you pick, if you pick christmas it's uh uh you know is it christmas is it the holiday it you know the holiday season there's other practices uh you know that celebrate different things around that time, time of the year and some yep. people don't at all you uh, same thing with easter same thing with thanksgiving it's not universal people don't know what thanksgiving is outside of north america because why would they give a shit uh so if you're going to pick a holiday to uh, really focus in on or a celebration to really focus in on halloween's a good one I suppose
0: it is pretty in- inoffensive, but I th- I think Halloween is pretty North American-centric too, to be
1: honest. It like, kind of is, uh, you know, and even more so in the U.S. than in Canada. Like Canada, we celebrate Halloween, but it's not a huge deal. Not to me, anyway.
0: Well... In a few years, when your son is just a little older, it might become a huge deal in your house. I don't no, know.
1: Well, we, you know, we celebrated this year. We went out and yeah. went door to door and stuff, but it wasn't like, uh, you know, it went to five or six houses and then Jasper went, uh, I think I want to go home now. Right. You know, but you know, in a few years it'll take a little bit more, but uh, yeah, you know, for me, even when I was a kid, Halloween was fun and everything, but it wasn't like the huge celebration that the Commonwealth uh, partook in, right, you know, there's, I've heard of bobbing for apples, but, you know, trying to bite swinging apples, uh, <laughs> yeah. that, that really, I, I forgot to nitpick on that during the, uh, the episode recap, but uh, what the
0: hell was that about? I mean, that feels like a good way to like whack a tooth or something, you know, Yeah, get a split lip or something at least. Yeah. Seems bad. So. I had never seen that before either. I had never seen apples on strings, uh, before. Cause that just feels like more of a a weapon than a fun thing to do.
1: Yeah bobbing for apples uh, that used to be a big thing right people used yeah. to bob for apples in order to uh, uh, it was a a courting ritual like uh, if uh, if the bow that you liked put the apple in the barrel you'd try and get that apple and if you got that apple you'd bring it home and keep it under your pillow for a while. Because the guy you have the apple put in by the guy you like.
0: <laughs> That's right yeah it's, or the, uh, the person you know, probably goes both ways
1: it kind of goes both ways, yeah. But it was a, uh, it was a kind of. Uh, I like that guy. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to uh, try and get his apple, and I'm going to put it under my pillow and dream about the, uh, the love that we will share for the rest of our lives.
0: Very strange. I had never heard Until that before. it rots
1: to the core. Right. So <laughs> weird. So weird. Is that true? <laughs> it is true. And okay. you know. There's, there's, you know, human beings are fucking weird. Ooh, like we we've sure done some are. weird shit and it's become normalized and, uh, uh, everybody, you know, thinks it's a great idea to, you know, try and drown yourself in order to get an apple. Uh, and then, uh, you know, put it under your pillow f- for a while. Sounds like a
0: great idea to me. Why not? Yep. All right. Uh, let's move on. Next. We've got a
3: call from our old friend, designer. Will. Hey, Chris and Jason, it's designer. Will with some feedback for episode new haunts. I feel bad for not calling last week. I really loved hearing the feedback episode and am glad to hear that I'm not the only one who listens to your old podcasts between seasons. I love the past two episodes by the way. I think it's so fun to see how our characters are reacting to the new reality at the commonwealth. My only real complaint about the past episode is that I had a really hard time hearing what any dialogue uh, or, you know, what words anyone was saying whenever there was background music, both at the sort of Halloween party and when they were in the apartment where the party was going on. Anyway, uh, I also had a good laugh in that shot where Daryl is wearing his new uniform and Judith, her new dress. They're like looking in the mirror. I just thought their exchange felt so funny and genuine uh, it was just a good moment as far as a holy crap (laughs) my holy crap did you not see that for this episode was the absence of eugene what happened to him last we saw he was leading the commonwealth to alexandria but then what and i'm also confused as to why tommy who was so adamant about not being a doctor just what a month ago is now suddenly a doctor Are we supposed to assume that when Hornsby had his secret meeting with Tommy that he'd somehow figured out uh, that Tommy was a surgeon and they've now forced him to become a doctor? Is that why he was kind of so kind of out of place in this ball or meeting, party, whatever we saw him in? Anyway, that's it for me this week. I'm glad to be enjoying part two of season 11. Let's hope things continue to go well. Talk to you guys later. Cool. Thanks,
0: designer Will. Um he mentioned Daryl and Judith's kind of exchange there in the mirror and yep. and just their relationship. And and overall I think the show recently has done a really good job of uh making it seem like those two characters are close and i know they are supposed to be very close right but we haven't seen a lot of it daryl's been away for a long time and we don't see them interact all that often but now we're getting these little scenes of them living together and talking about you know for lack of a better term like domestic stuff right it's like can i have an allowance well wait till my job lands you know and do you want to stay here and things like that you know so i do think they've done a really good job of making those two feel very familiar to each other like family and uh you know more so than the show's done in a long time i think
1: yep i would agree with that
0: for sure um where's eugene i'm pretty sure eugene's gonna come back next week so i think maybe he just wasn't in this episode because everyone else was but he'll be around
1: he's at hilltop
0: no i don't know
1: why you sure i don't know that you don't know that
0: i don't know that for sure but i'm I'm pretty sure Eugene will be in the next episode. Again, those of who have already watched it are listening to this and know already. But uh, I think, I, I don't know what the time frame's is going to be. Are we going to go back to, like you said earlier uh, the other day, go back to Hilltop? Because if we do, then maybe he's not really in it. Because I do think he's at the Commonwealth. But what he's doing, if we do see him, what the time frame is going to be, I don't know yet.
1: Yeah, I, I think the next episode will be the Hilltop. Episode. I think it'll be thirty days after. I think it's the t- same time frame, right? But uh, different location, different right. bottle episode. Well,
0: who knows? I don't know. Some of you do because you've already seen it. But yeah, as I said,
1: some, some people are saying you nailed it, or you guys are idiots. Yeah, the, both or, of those reactions are happening right
0: now. <laughs> yeah, probably by the same people. Oh,
1: you maybe. nailed
0: it, you idiots. <laughs> oh yeah, there's that. <laughs> uh, and then. Will also mentioned Tommy and what he's doing as a doctor. But before we talk about that, Jason, let's do the next call, too. Sure. Uh, we have a call from Audrey. Hi,
4: Chris and Jason. This is Audrey from New Jersey. Um, I have spent the last nine months watching The Walking Dead from season one, episode one, and I'm finally caught up. I found your guys' podcast about two months ago. It has been a great pleasure to finally hear other people's opinions on the show because I don't know anyone else who watches it. Um, And I'm so happy to call in because I can confirm, Jason, you do talk about the Ides of March every March. I have probably heard most of the March episodes at this point, and I laugh every time. Um, And I just wanted to call in about two things. Yumiko's brother, what the heck, when she got there, she said, my brother, a thoracic surgeon, is here. And they were like, yeah, your brother, a thoracic surgeon. And then they pointed her in the direction of a bakery. And he was like, don't tell anyone you, I'm a surgeon. But she had already told them. And then she didn't tell him that she had already told them. And then he got arrested. And she was like, oh, my God, why is he getting arrested? Like, um, Yumiko, obviously, because you fucking told them he's a surgeon. And he told them he wasn't. And then that was last episode. This episode, he's, like, totally fine. And now he's a surgeon. I'm a little confused on the Commonwealth. The people are like annoying. I've been kind of rolling my eyes at the extravagance and the class structure, which is super unnecessary. Um, And Pamela Milton and what's his name? Lance. They just remind me of Gregory, like the little freaking weasels. They're just little weasels. That's all I can think every time I see them. Um, And I really, really want to see Carol, Daryl and Maggie like go in and chop them down. But I don't think that's going to happen. Would love to see it. Um. yeah, thanks for all you do, guys. Bye.
0: All right. So Will mentioned Tommy, like what the hell? He's suddenly a doctor and Audrey sort of as well. You know, we have him working in the bakery and then suddenly he's arrested. Now, all of a sudden he's working as a doctor and obviously not doing so well with it, or at least not really feeling like he fits in because he didn't want to be at that uh, fancy dress party. So one thing I have to take audrey's word for is Yumiko showing up and saying oh my brother the surgeon so she revealed to the commonwealth authorities that he is a surgeon almost by accident is that
1: do you remember that happening nope but that doesn't mean it didn't happen <laughs> i believe
0: audrey <laughs> exactly i'm taking her word for it so here's the thing like it's it is a very strange situation to have a guy who just wants to bake stuff wants to be a baker work in a bakery and But he's trained as a surgeon and then they come along, arrest him and say, you must work as a surgeon. And so now he is. Uh, And I don't know,
1: maybe not doing a very good job. Well, that's how you get out of being a surgeon is you be a bad surgeon. People are going to catch on like, (laughs) dude, you're a fucking bad surgeon. Okay, but you make some awesome cakes. So uh, maybe go do that. Maybe go do that instead. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like
0: they can't force him to do something he doesn't want to do. I mean, I guess they can try, but it's not going to end well for anybody because if it really goes poorly, he's going to kill people on the operating table. And then maybe they're going to be like, well, that's it. If you don't want to be a surgeon, we're, we're shooting you in the head or casting you out. And then they don't have a surgeon. So it doesn't seem like a good situation for anybody.
1: Yeah. You know, there's lots of jobs you can do well, even though you don't like that job but you definitely don't want a surgeon who doesn't want to be a surgeon. Like that no. seems like a bad combination. It, it does.
0: It really, really does.
1: So Even even a surgeon that, uh, you know, really wants to be a surgeon who isn't really technically great, but absolutely loves it. It's better than a surgeon that doesn't want to be a surgeon, even though they're probably a good surgeon. It's
0: marginally better. I mean, I think to be a surgeon... You need to really love doing it and you have to be good at it. That's the best case scenario,
1: right? I don't know. You know know what you call a doctor that has uh, graduated at the bottom of their class? A doctor? You call him a doctor. That's absolutely correct. (laughs) (laughs) That's true.
0: They're still a doctor. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, okay. But still, I wouldn't, if Tommy's not into it, I wouldn't want him cutting into me and trying to fix something.
1: Well, yeah, especially with the tremors that he's got going on. Again, I don't know if that's uh, part of the character or whether it's uh, something going on with the actor, but uh, when he was drinking that wine glass, there was some fucking wicked tremors going on.
0: I have a feeling that might be part of the character, though. You know, he's he's nervous or unhappy to be there, so it, maybe he's a
1: little shaky. Uh, yeah. I don't know. You know, and I, you know it reminds me of uh, when I was a kid and uh, my uncle had uh, stayed over. And I woke up at uh, the crack of noon and came downstairs and <laughs> yeah. had some uh was drinking some coffee and he held out his hand and it was fucking shaking all over the place and I'm like geez, that's uh that's pretty crazy there uncle uh but uh it's because he was wicked hungover right yeah, okay well, so uh it reminds me of that <laughs> all right then uh, he was shaking worse than uh worse than he was ho- on hopefully the show, your though. uncle is okay. He is okay. He's awesome. He's my favorite uncle. Oh, good. Cause he's he... such a good storyteller. He's, uh, anyway. Sounds he like he, he's seen some shit. He has seen some shit. He All was right. a trucker and uh, he's a, uh, a country singer and uh, he lost his job and his girlfriend left him and his dog died. Uh, and then he wrote a song about it. Yeah. And awesome. it was a huge hit. <laughs> it wasn't a huge hit because he's not that kind of guy. He just, you know, just kind of, it's like a singing cowboy dude. That's fun. Around the campfire stuff. Oh, very very, good anyway
0: we'll invite him over someday can have a campfire in your backyard
1: oh yeah i mean, I haven't seen him in years
0: all righty thanks you guys for those calls we're going to continue with the calls this one from kate in san francisco
5: hey guys it's kate in san francisco i just wanted to say i really liked this latest episode especially compared to the previous episode which to me i it was just so anticlimactic because with the passage of time any tension had been lost, at least for me, and I couldn't really remember all the little moving parts that were happening. Anyway, yeah, this one was great. I love seeing Sneaky Carol, though I've never been more annoyed that they already announced spin spinoff, not because I had any worries that Carol and Daryl wouldn't survive, but it makes me think, how could... Ezekiel and Carol ever have a happy ending. He has to die, unfortunately, right? I also am worried about Connie. Can you see at this point Daryl leaving Connie behind? Though maybe she will be in the spinoff too, which would be great. One thing which I'd actually been meaning to call in about was if you guys had any takes on the connection between this CRM from the world beyond and the commonwealth i had been assuming that the crm was like the military branch of the commonwealth but i'm having trouble working out any connections because if they are different they must be aware of each other right i tried to google this but some spoilers kept coming up so i didn't mean to be lazy but i'm more interested in what you guys think in any way than what the internet thinks so Thanks again for the podcast. I know it must be a lot of work and I really appreciate it. I became a Patreon or patron or whatever recently, because when I did reflect that, you guys put so much effort into it and you deserve our support. So thanks again and take care. Bye.
0: No, thank you, Kate, for calling and for becoming a patron recently. That is wonderful. Uh, Maybe Jason, I should have pre- warned you for this one about the commonwealth versus the crm because i've been wondering about this too because it seems like these are two extremely large powerful communities right we've seen the crm mostly the the military but there's the whole civic republic which is yeah a lot of people the commonwealth is a lot of people now I know what we've seen of these two groups are in different time frames, but to have that large a group, you think there would have to be some, uh, some lasting existence to them. You know what I mean? They don't just pop up out of nowhere and then are, are gone. So you'd think their existence overlaps, even though fear is still a number of years behind uh, the main show in terms of the timeline. But, like, what do you think? Do you, if you had to make a prediction, do you think that these groups are going to encounter each other at some point? Are we going to see that? Is it going to be on either of these shows or maybe some other show in the future? Like, what's going on? Why do we have these two huge groups in different shows that don't seem to have anything to do with each other
1: yet? Okay, that was a big lead-in for a no. So, <laughs> okay. no, I don't. <laughs> uh, and, and and sorry, Kate. Uh, when you say you're being lazy and you don't want to, uh, you know, go to the internet for answers, uh, you just went to the internet for answers. Uh, I hate to tell you this, but podcasts are on the internet. Yeah, so. but come
0: on, we're we're more special than the wide open internet, aren't we?
1: Oh yeah, and that's what my mom tells me. We've been, known, <laughs> yeah. Well, your mom's right. Yeah, about you, maybe. But <laughs> uh, you know, and you know, the internet's bad at spoiling things, and uh, I get mad at the internet for spoiling things, uh, and yet here I. I am spoiling things sometimes. Not this time though, uh, because I don't believe that the Commonwealth and the CRM uh, or even the Civic Republic, I don't think that there's any correlation. Uh, uh, I don't think they're related at all. I don't think it'll come up. I think that uh, at the end of this thing, the, uh, the Commonwealth is going to be destroyed and gone and won't have anything to do with the CRM. Do you think it's possible, Jason, that
0: the CR, the Civic Republic, evolves into the Commonwealth somehow?
1: No, because I don't think it's big enough. Uh, I think the Civic Republic is, you know, they don't have helicopters. The Commonwealth does not have uh, that kind of uh, uh, military arm. And they've gone from, like, helicopters and, uh, you know, a proper military to fucking foam rubber armor. So, uh, that seems to me like it's a step back. Like, they're trying to portray this armor as like wicked cool, but it's still made out of foam. <laughs> and we all know it's made out of foam, and there's no way you can hide it. It's friggin' foam. You might as well be like strap foam books to yourself. You'd probably get better protection than this stuff. Yeah. Anyway, uh, no, I don't think that one evolves into the other. I don't think that there's any uh, correlation between them. I think they're going to be separate things. And, uh, the Civic Republic, uh, sorry, the uh, the Commonwealth will fall and become a nothing.
0: Because everywhere our main characters go, they leave a trail of destruction behind. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they go into Woodbury. It well, becomes a disaster. They go into Alexandria. If there's nothing left.
1: Hilltop is gone. You well, know? Rick said it in the comics early on. We are the walking dead. I don't think that they're talking about the zombies in the walking dead. I think they're talking about our, our band of heroes that just go around leaving a trail of destruction of every civilization that they find and encounter.
0: Yeah, but I, (laughs) I'm joking, but I know it's true.
1: They fuck everything
0: up. They do fuck everything up. But when he said we are the walking dead, like that's not what he meant. Right. Right. He he didn't mean we leave a trail of destruction behind. No, he meant did. that our time here is limited because there is yeah we're no we're hope. dead
1: already. Yeah, right? like there's like we can't live through this. We we are already dead. There's you know we're walking around and so are they. What's the difference? Right. Okay. Good. As long as we understand that. But All right, I, you know I'm 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 using it to make a sure. to make a point. Totally you know, do- taking it out of context, and uh, I'm right to do so because everybody else does it, so I can do it too. Of course you can, and it, but it's not entirely
0: without, uh, you know, it is a bit of a different interpretation on it, but it, it's kind of valid anyways. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. Commonwealth, CRM. I do think you have an interesting stance that the Commonwealth is a step backwards from the CR because I think most people feel like the Commonwealth is a... Is a more advanced or I mean, maybe advanced isn't the right word, but a more established community anyways, or something like that, bigger and and so on. But now that you mention it, you're right. I mean, the CR has this military branch that seems extremely well organized and supplied and stuff like that. And we haven't seen anything like that from the Commonwealth.
1: No, just uh, stormtroopers.
0: Stormtroopers, yeah. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know, Kate. Are they going to cross over? I think, you know, I think you're probably right, Jason. (sighs) Who knows, though? Who knows? I mean, this could go anywhere. The Commonwealth was in the Walking Dead comics. The Civic Republic is a completely new and invented thing, so they can do whatever they
1: want with it. Oh, there you go. That proves it right there. Okay. If it's not in the comic books, it didn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right. Except it's happening now. Anyways, uh, it's TV. It's all made up. It's all made up. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah comics are real. <laughs> uh, all right. Next we have a call from grace.
6: Hi, Chris. Hi, Jason. This is grace calling from Coburg, Ontario. Uh, so I, as you know, I've only been listening recently. Uh, but I was just blown away hearing Jennifer's call the other day, uh, into the feedback podcast. um, you know, she just said that my message really touched her and, you know, her message touched me right back. I couldn't believe that. Um, I just feel so welcomed into this community and it's it's like really, really amazing what you guys are doing. Uh, so I guess I should provide some feedback for the episode. I just kind of wanted to say that I love Connie. I've been loving what she's, what she's turning into, that she's been getting back to her journalistic roots and that she's been... Um, Really inquisitive. So, I find that very interesting. And also interesting that they let her have that position. So, let me know what you guys think about that. And you have a great day. Take care.
0: Thank you, Grace, for calling in again. And, you know, Jason, there have been a few moments in my life that have made me extremely happy, like, yep. you know, getting married when my children were born and connecting Grace and Jennifer through this podcast somehow. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it is, but I I am so delighted that the two of them have never met. It's just such a crazy scenario, right? They've never met. They've never talked. They've never spoke to each other. They live in different countries. Uh, and, and they seem to have this connection. And maybe it's all in my head. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but there seems to be a connection that in a tiny little way, we have facilitated here. (laughs) And I think it's amazing. So thank you, Grace, for calling back and saying that. And thank you, Jennifer, for, you know, starting it all with the other call. But uh, I just have this insane uh, thought in my mind that like someday these two people are like going to like get together and, and have brunch or something and become good friends and (laughs) <laughs> live happily ever after, and I know it's silly, but it's it's just a thing I can't help but think about.
1: If you're gonna have brunch, can I come? Yeah, we can go. <laughs> I haven't had I haven't gone for brunch far too long. I miss diners. I miss restaurants. I miss going to get eggs Benedict. I want uh, I want to uh, want a club sandwich. Something. Well,
0: listen, man, we're there. We're we're basically there right now. All the restrictions in Ontario, where we live, pretty much have been lifted. So you're free to go and have Eggs Benny or a club sandwich or whatever you want. Okay. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> and I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and goodbye. Yeah. Anyways, Grace also mentioned Connie and how she's being a journalist. Um, I love Connie too. I think not only do I think she's a great character, I think, again, another character here who has a really fun relationship with Daryl. Um even though you know, even though he dropped all those apples the last episode, I, I really loved seeing them reunite. And in terms of working as a journalist, I mean, I guess I guess these communities need some sort of uh, forum for public opinion or or just way to distribute the news. So you're Sorry, gonna, the
1: you're the gonna, word you're looking for is propaganda. Well,
0: yeah, they, they need a free press. They do not have though. a
1: free uh, you know fifth estate. Well, we're going to find out. Fourth I mean, estate. Uh,
0: fifth, fifth estate. Is it the fifth first, or
1: the fourth? First estate is the... Okay, first and second estates are the... I'm not going to go through the ball, but uh, we have the uh, uh, the gentry. We have the, uh, the, uh, the church, the first and second estate. The third estate is the people. Mm-hmm. The fourth estate is a free and open press. Okay, so that's right.
0: Okay, well, I, okay, maybe they don't have that, but for now, it seems like they do. Uh... And you need people to write things and interview others and distribute the news. So there's
1: no way that she's going to be able to get a question to, you know, what's the what's going on here with this class structure, Uh, getting a relatively non-answer to that, write a piece on that and then get it published. Not a fucking chance.
0: Well, you're probably right. You're probably right. But she can't be the only journalist working in, in this community, right? No, and she
1: has an editor, right? She's not going to be, you know, running the paper herself. So it's part of a, you know, somebody has a publication that she is a journalist for, and that editor is going to heavily censor what uh, the paper puts out, right? So she can ask all the questions she wants, but she's not going to get anything controversial published. Hmm.
0: Yeah. You're probably right. Um. So what she's doing is fairly meaningless. Unfortunately. It's well,
1: not meaningless, but it's
0: uh But it's like, not providing the service it's supposed to. You know No,
1: it's like trying to beat up the tide, right? You can you can you can go with the, the biggest uh the biggest fists and the biggest guns you want, but uh you're not gonna fight the tide. <laughs> okay analogy, I think. The tide <laughs> <laughs> or you know, it's it's Newman, the
0: male Jerry. It just keeps coming. And <laughs> it coming. does not stop. It does not stop. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, I like seeing Connie do some stuff too, and uh, I just want her to, I want her to survive. I don't want anything bad to happen to Connie.
1: Well, no, nothing's going to, bad is going to happen. She's just not, she's just going to be frustrated that her articles never get published. Oh yeah. Okay. That's bad enough, I suppose. Yeah. She's going to end up writing uh, stories about kittens, which are needed. Like that's absolutely needed Uh, to, you know, write stories about kittens. Mm-hmm. Feel good uh, story of the week kind of thing. Yeah, Absolutely. Like, All right. I love kittens. I miss kittens.
0: Well, you should get another cat.
1: <sighs> should. Just uh, think about it. Who's next? I don't know. Uh, After Grace, it's uh, Adia in Oakland.
0: All righty. You, you announce it. <laughs> That's what I meant. All right. Hey, everybody. We have a call from Adia, maybe in Oakland, California. Let's see.
7: Hi, my name is Adia and I'm calling this week to talk about episode 10 of season 11 of The Walking Dead, New Haunts. I really enjoyed it, and it might have been one of my favorite episodes this season. I laughed out loud at intentionally funny parts of the episode, and not something that just happened ridiculous writing-wise. Like when Carol told Daryl to ask Connie to dance, and Rosita was laughing at the Sebastian um, doing his training exercises, or the advanced military training, whatever you want to call it. And I'm also starting to really like Mercer, but seeing Hornsby's jealousy towards Mercer when all the town people were cheering for him, I'm afraid that's gonna add some drama later on, but I hope it doesn't end with Mercer dead because I did like seeing him and Princess together And I also like the fact that he said he wanted Daryl to succeed at the Commonwealth. So I'm just waiting for that to play out. Uh, Thank you for the podcast. And I hope you guys do a season finale podcast party in California, because it'll be very convenient for me. Thank you.
0: All right. Thank you, Adia Uh, Mercer, Jason. We didn't talk about that that scene uh, in the episode where... um, Lance is, Lance is coming to the party, right? Lance and, and everyone starts cheering and clapping, but it's actually for Mercer who's right behind him and he's kind of dissed from it. Right. Right. Uh, so was it just a funny little moment or do you think there's more to that are going to be more to it with, you know, Lance kind of being jealous of Mercer's popularity?
1: Uh, I think it's going to come to a head, but, uh, I think there's going to be a little bit more to it, to it. I think they're setting something up.
0: Yeah. I I, th- I think you might be right for sure, but at the same time, you know, you talked me into thinking that Mercer is part of this resistance, whereas I can't see that as much from Lance, so I wonder if they, they butt heads over that at some point.
1: Mm, I'm pretty sure. I don't think Lance is part of the resistance now. I think he will be. I think Carol's going to get him to convert Okay, I think that it's it's going to be part of the of the story about his conversion. But I think Mercer's absolutely all over this, if not leading the uh, uh, the resistance right now. Yeah. Oh, maybe.
0: I mean, you you actually talked me into it. Like, I I hadn't really thought of that before you mentioned it, and now it's all I can think about. You know, it it just seems like every time you see him on screen, it's like, oh yeah, he, he that guy's. <laughs> that guy's not on board with this. You know, he's part of this, this resistance. So yep. I do look forward to seeing how that plays out.
1: And it was nice to get a, uh, it was nice to get a call from the seaside. Did you notice there was uh you could hear the birds in the background. Uh-huh. And there was a, like, there was a horn from a ship. Yeah. And the wind blowing. That was, uh, that felt really good. Well, she's in Oakland,
0: California, and I, I do love the ocean. <laughs> so it's, yep. it's, it's
1: very calming to hear that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, it was nice. Good stuff. All right, next we have a call from Anwin in New Zealand.
8: Hi, Chris and Jason. A couple of things about this week's episode. Chris, you asked what the point of the scene was with Daryl and Mercer and Sebastian in the forest, and I think it was just a way for them to show Daryl and Mercer kind of um, understanding each other a little bit because I think they're planting the seed for them to team up, I think, that um, Mercer is going to be part of the rebellion and I think Daryl is going to be on board with that. Um, It's really interesting how they showed Mercer being really um, revered kind of thing Um, but you know perhaps he's going to be part of that and maybe that could be why Daryl um, and the stormtroopers are showing up to Maggie. Um, maybe they're asking Maggie to help come and fight um, in the resistance. And maybe Maggie's saying no because the Commonwealth helped her rebuild Hilltop. Anyway, that's just a thought. When they were all dressed up and having that fancy party, um, you guys were saying it, it just sort of felt like back to normal life, like in, in our you know pre-apocalypse world. I actually found it really creepy, like... They were sort of play acting like they were pretending um this this fancy world when the world isn't that way i I felt it quite was quite sort of sinister, um but it was really cool to watch um and just one more point, Jason, whenever you say the Ides of March, I get that thing. Do you guys get that thing when it's like suddenly Christmas, and you're like what what happened to the year? That's really crazy every year for the last Probably six, seven years. It comes around to March, and you guys are on the podcast, and Jason, you talk about the Ides of March, and I go, "Wait, what? It's March already? You just said that a few months ago." So there you go. Time marches on. Um, keep up the great work. See ya.
0: How fast does time march on, Jason?
1: Super fast, at one second per second. I yeah, I did that in the uh, in. Uh, phys- physics class in grade 13 went back when we had uh, grade 13 we uh, uh, we came up with the formula and we started working through the formula and we conclusively proved that time goes at one second per second mathematically <laughs> very good we did not uh, f- do a proof in a circle <laughs> we proved it mathematically all right that uh, the time marches on at one second per second
0: of course very important to prove that uh anyways so and when talking about you know a little bit more about mercer and him teaming up with daryl to be you know leading the resistance to bring down the commonwealth and i think one of the most interesting things she said was we we know of course that daryl shows back up at hilltop for to, to and there seems to be a Uh, disagreement between him and Maggie wouldn't it be crazy if he's there to try to recruit her or involve her in some sort of plot to take down the Commonwealth but she doesn't want any part of that yeah it's It's heavily implied, of course, or we all assumed that he got there and he's all on board with the Commonwealth because he's dressed up like one of their stormtroopers. And she's the one who is like, no, those people are bad. You know, we're we're not doing anything with you guys. But what if it's kind of the other way around? Like, as Anwen said, where they helped her rebuild Alexandria and maybe they're helping her rebuild Hilltop and so she doesn't want to take the Commonwealth down.
1: Yeah. No, that makes perfect sense and when I think you nailed it. I think you flipped it on its head and it all makes sense now and I think that's what's going to happen. <laughs> you're so easy to convince. <laughs> well, I agree with everybody. As soon as you tell me something, it's like, yeah, that's a really good point that you're making there. I think that... Uh, I think you make a, a, you know, a very valid statement and I would like to subscribe to your newsletter. All right.
0: Well, it's, uh, it's, it's fun thinking about stuff like that, you know, because all of it is, almost all of it is like equally likely at this point. I, I can't, the only thing that I don't think is likely that is that is that they've, that it's going to go the way we think it does. You know what I mean? Like you you see that and you assume they're on opposite sides of each other. Maybe they're working together. Maybe they're working on the sides that we don't think they're on. You know, it's just anything could happen and the show is going to surprise us in some way. So it's it's fun to theorize on, on all this stuff. Yeah. And Anwin's is. is one I hadn't really thought of. So there you go. No, that's a very good point. Totally. All right. Thank you, Anwin, for that. Next up, another call. We're keeping going with the
9: calls here, baby. This one is from Owen. Hi, guys. This is Owen in Leeds, England here. Um, with a bit of feedback following on from episode 10 at season 11 of The Walking Dead. Um, It was nice to have an episode without Maggie, wasn't it? The villain. Mm. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, seriously. Uh, Another good episode. Really good to see them getting into things in the Commonwealth. Um, Especially enjoyed Daryl's arc in the episode, you know, at first you feel like he's hes not really on board with the whole being a part of the team, being a part of the system. And then by the end, you know, he catches the uh, the saboteur, the guy who's uh, up to no good. And rather than taking any credit, he helps out that little dick, um, the son of old, old what's-a-balls. And... Um, finds himself clearly well-liked by the higher-ups, which is why in the six months later bit, it's him knocking on the door to old evil Maggie. So, yeah, I think that's quite interesting. As always, fantastic shows you do. Thank you for doing them. And, yeah, have a good day. Cheers. Bye-bye.
0: But you see, Owen, is it, is it all that clear? I think this show could go all kinds of different ways with the yeah. alliances and allegiances of Daryl and Maggie and everybody else.
10: Yeah,
1: it's a, it's definitely a tangled web and, uh, we'll have to untangle it and figure out or have it untangled for us to figure out exactly what's going on. And that was the whole point of this, right? It's like, holy shit, what's happening there? What's, uh... What's going on? And then they start giving us little pieces and we go, "Whoa! what could this mean? Could this mean that she's uh, on their side? It could mean that Daryl's not on their side. What's going on? What's, what's happening? So it's, uh, it's very, very tangled right now. And uh, it's exciting to think of the possibilities. It
0: really is. The show is going to pull these little threads and slowly untangle them for us. And the only way this can go badly, Jason, is if they shit the bed somehow and none of this ends up being interesting at all. But I don't think that's going to happen.
1: Yeah, I mean it could be uh, you know Maggie's dream, right? Where that <laughs> Daryl shows up, uh, she wakes up and goes. Oh, no,
0: well, that was weird. I I can handle some dream theories. The one I can't is that this show is going to end with Rick waking up in the hospital bed and going, "Oh my god, that was a terrible dream."
1: They can't. They wouldn't do that. No, I you know can't, you can't do that. That's uh, that that trope is so uh, you, you you can only do it as a joke. Right. And this is not that kind of show. Like the Bob Newhart show did that, uh, but that show was a comedy, Mm -hmm. right? No, they just a kind of a laugh for the end, but you you can't, you can't, you can't be serious and do that.
0: They better not. They better not. I, and I know they won't, but that's the only dream that I absolutely can't handle. Uh, but you know what? We're not going to get any dream
1: sequences here. That'd be silly. Uh, no flashbacks maybe every now and again, but dream sequences, no. Of course. All right. Next, we have a call from Zarina.
11: Hi there, Chris and Jason. This is Zarina from Bay Area. I just wanted to put in my two cents on this episode, and I didn't find it particularly amazing, but... um, comments i have this uh, commonwealth structure kind of reminded me of the tunnel um art that daryl saw when he was walking through the subway tunnels on his own with the dog uh and um like this i think this is what it was there for just to show maybe that's how commonwealth is dealing with their um you know, defectors, Um, those white bags of bodies, maybe it's them, I don't know, kind of a thought of that. But I think that will be related, this mural on the subway wall. And also wanted to say that my heart really broke when this wreck of wine fell. It's a crime against wine to... (laughs) to ruin so many bottles of good wine and an apocalypse nobody's gonna make more god damn it (laughs) all right on that note uh until next time bye
0: thanks serena so yeah the wine that was a bummer we lost all that good wine and like she said no one's gonna make
1: more but that's not true you can make wine easily when i was in high school oh yeah uh, no i was sorry grade seven i was in grade seven and, uh, an older buddy of mine, uh, who was in grade nine. So high school, he made choke cherry wine. He did it all himself. He made it in a fucking cooler. Uh, so don't discount, uh, you know, grade nine kids from Northern Ontario being able to make their own wine. And we, <laughs> uh, I puked in the fire. Okay. Like, oh. We got like wicked drunk and I threw up in the fire. So oh, that poor was a, fire. poor fire. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was, that was a messed up night, but we can definitely, definitely make wine. It's not good wine, but, uh, it'll get better with time you Maybe. Know, as wine does. Maybe. I think that's part of her point though. It's like, you can't just
0: make an amazing hundred dollar or whatever it was bottle of wine.
1: Well, no, because there's no money. Well, there is money. I well, guess yeah. now. Because how else are you going to get a Motorhead album, right? You got to buy it. You can't just find a Motorhead album. You got to buy it. You have to buy it, of course. Motorhead deserves their cut. <laughs> oh Yeah, that's right. Because in the zombie apocalypse, they're going to get royalties.
0: Of course they are. Uh, but listen, the murals in the subway, remember those? I do. This
1: makes perfect sense.
0: Yeah, it does. So we have this massive class divide in the Commonwealth. We have murals basically depicting that in this subway system. So... What does that mean? Uh, Does that mean that there are people that have like defected out of the Commonwealth and are are down there? Or is it more sinister? Like Zarina says, they're killing people and like throwing them down there. But if you recall, those um, the bodies in those body bags weren't dead bodies. They were zombified bodies because they had to walk through and stab them as they went. Yeah. what, What does that even mean? Like, why are they why are they not killing them properly down there? It's messed up. I don't know.
1: Well, uh, maybe okay. Theory time. Uh so this is the uh this is the resistance that's doing this. Uh that is down there. So this is one of their holdup locations uh where they have people that have been exiled or what have you, or they're using it as a staging area. And what they're doing is they're collecting zombie weapons. Uh so they're putting uh people that have died. Uh, they're not stabbing them in the head. They're putting them in body bags so that they can't get out because it's really hard to chew your way out of a body bag. Yeah, I've been told. <laughs> uh, so uh, they're collecting them as uh, as weapons, and our our intrepid heroes went and wrecked a bunch of them. Uh, that they're being stored up, similar to what the uh, the Whisperers were doing. Right? They used them as weapons. They used them as protection. So that's uh, that's what's going on down there. So they're creating an army of the dead, if you will. Yes. Okay. And I don't know how you're going to get them out of body bags. Like, it's just, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot there. It's like, yeah, okay, this is a great idea. They can't get out, but uh, somebody's going to have to unzip that body bag. <laughs> <laughs> but they can't get out. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What? Uh, how are we going to do this? So, yeah, it, it, they really didn't think that far ahead.
0: Interesting. I, I wonder if that's even, if all of this is even going to come up again on the show, though, or if it was more just a bit of foreshadowing for what to expect at the Commonwealth. Like, not the bodies, but I mean, the murals and the walls, right?
1: Oh, you know, shit get, plot lines get dropped left, right, and center, right? Yeah. Like, what was that card that had PPP on it when Heath disappeared? Like, what was that? Yeah, I, it never came back again, and it hasn't it's yet. stuck in my head. I haven't watched, uh, re-watched an episode of this show yet, and that shit is stuck in there. Uh, You know, what is going on? Where did Heath go? Why is there a card with PPP on it? I want answers. Well, there's 14 more episodes, Jason,
0: for you to get that answer. And you never know. They might tell us. Yeah, they might. You never know. I mean, as far as I know, Heath is here at the Commonwealth somewhere, so he's going to show up again. Uh, Yeah, that makes sense. And it was Enid who found the card, right?
1: Uh, um, Yeah. Uh, I thought it was- Oh,
0: Tara. Was it Tara? Tara. Yeah, it wasn't it was Enid. It was Tara. before
1: Enid, Enid's time.
0: Okay, well, they're both long gone from the show, and who knows whatever happened to that card, so-
1: Yeah, well, Enid could come back, but the card won't. Terra's (laughs) gone. Okay. Uh, Because you remember the head on the spike, that was a clone, right? That wasn't really Enid. uh, Right. That was the clone of Enid, so she's out there somewhere still. Yeah. She cloned her own head so that she could Uh fool everybody and think that she was a zombie.
0: Oh, good. Well, I mean, remember her and Alden were an item for a little while there, and now he's dead, so if she does come back, it's going to be really sad. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Handsome Al. Handsome Al. forgot. Yeah. (laughs) wow that's right uh all right well we'll see i don't know i mean at some point maybe daryl he's the only one who saw the murals right so maybe he's going to be walking around one day and put two and two together and go wait a minute this
1: place isn't so cool the murals told me yeah, so that's going to require some uh, leap of exposition dump to bring that back around. So I think you might be right in that it'll never come up again. It's just kind of an Easter egg for people that rewatch old episodes.
0: Yes, yeah, good Good call. I mean, uh, that's you could be right about that. I don't know. All right, moving right along. Another call from Irene.
6: Hey, guys, this is Irene from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and I have a few things I want to talk about. I've never tried to leave you a voicemail before, but I feel compelled this week. First off, there's Princess. So apparently she wasn't hallucinating. She really was kicking that guy's ass in the train car back a few episodes ago. And let's talk about Stephanie. Obviously, the secretary is Stephanie, but how come we're not talking about it? And where the heck is Eugene? Lastly, all these characters in this uh, Commonwealth, they really just seem like they jumped right off the screen from um, The Hunger Games. If that governor breaks out with the, may the odds be ever in your favor, I'm just going to lose it. That's all I got.
0: Thanks, Irene. Uh, so as I said earlier, I think Eugene's coming back soon, but yeah, there's the whole Max Stephanie thing out there still. I wonder how long they're going to drag that out. They, they've got to reveal to us soon that who, who will the real Stephanie please stand up kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Uh, hopefully they get their act together or, you know, might be one of those things that just get dropped. That would
0: be sad, though. That would be so sad. The whole reason Eugene came here was to find Stephanie, and he thinks he did, right? But I don't think he has yet.
1: Uh, no, he hasn't.
0: So that is something that they'll have to resolve um, Hunger Games, eh?
1: Any, yeah, any... they don't have the elaborate uh, facial hair for the Hunger Games. Or costumes. You really need uh, elaborate facial hair. Okay. Yeah. Who had
0: the, I haven't seen the hunger games in a while. I did see all those movies though. Who had the best facial hair in that? Oh, I
1: don't know. I, I remember was barely paying
0: attention. I remember. To oh, what's her name? She stands up and she announces everybody in the hunger games and she's wearing these extravagant outfits and makeup and hair. Oh God. Anyways, it's been a while since I've seen those.
1: Good story, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, all right, man. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> shall we move along? Yeah, sure. All right, next we have an email from Zarlene uh, from New Zealand. Just a quick one to address your question marker theories with Carol randomly finding the wine cellar. So really, she was just using her detective skills to follow the quest. First, inspect the broke wine bottles to find the brand, then find the dusty old local wine store, then find the invoice slash receipts receipts for the aforementioned wine brand, then locate the delivery address of a recent delivery pre-outbreak, and then lastly, arrive at the said location and then teleport, perhaps. Of course. Yeah. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, fast travel. Yep. Right? It's a thing. Well, she clearly uh,
0: fast traveled between these places, I think.
10: Yeah. Uh,
1: and that is how she knew where to find the mysterious wine cellar. Although surely those bottles all smashed when the zombies knocked over the shelf. Again, very lucky they had some backups on another shelf, I guess. I feel like they technically explained how she got, uh, got the end results, but I do not agree that it's a bit, and it's a bit of a stretch that I do agree that it's a bit of a stretch that everything aligned, breaking out of the Commonwealth, the bottle store and the address within walking distance of the Commonwealth. And yet no one had been there before.
0: Right. So I agree. Technically they explained what Carol did here and it's all there. I just feel like it's boring. Maybe and a little bit sort of too easy in a way. But at the same time, do I really want them to spend all this time on her, like going and figuring all this out and having to go question someone else about where this address is? And no, I don't think I want that either. So yeah. I don't know what I want, but I'm just I just don't think this exactly was it.
1: Yeah. And uh, as for nobody finding the wine store before, uh, the wine store does not. uh Uh, does not spawn unless the quest has been activated, right? Oh, right. It hasn't been there before, so (laughs) she... uh, And I, and I, I do disagree of the fast travel, you know, the teleporting, because in most games, you only can fast travel to places you've been before. right? Right. So if it's a new location, you have to trudge. You can fast travel to a nearby location that you've been to before, but you have to go to the new location first, and then you can go back there. So now that she has been there... She can fast travel back and get more wine.
0: Right. She doesn't need to get on her horse and ride all the way there. And Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, anyways, like it's all there. Like it's explained. It's just, I think they decided this is not an important part of the plot that we have to show people. We simply have to like indicate that it happened. And it, it gives Carol some wine. It allows her to get in with Lance a little bit and then have some wine with Ezekiel later, which was a really nice scene so you know it's almost worth it just for that
1: yeah and if ever she really wants to get some nice armor she just has to go to the uh, the innkeeper and the innkeeper will say yeah i have some armor here but uh you know what i could really use your help killing some rats in the cellar so uh can you do that for me and then i'll give you the nice armor and she'll say of course
3: of course and then
0: go about her day killing rats yeah All right. Thank you, Zarlene, for that. Next up is John in Mahopak, New York, USA. I hope I'm saying that right. John writes, as far as Pamela Milton is concerned, I think they're trying to set up the Milton family as a type of Kennedy family. Father is president, uncle is senator. She gets to be in charge be- because she has a famous name and people will follow. Spoiled
1: rich kid for a son? Sounds like the Kennedys to me. <laughs> oh man, there's going to be a whole mess of assassinations if that's the case.
0: Oh, there might be, yeah. But that's it, Kennedy-type family where everyone's in politics and rich and privileged and all these kind of things. Uh,
1: yep. No, uh, definitely uh, some kind of... Uh, political money royalty situation going on. Seems like it. Yeah. All right. Next, we have an email from John in Boston. Rather than discuss the last episode, which I can t- consider to be something of an unsatisfying mess, I thought it would address the question about Milton's father being in the White House, in quotes. To an American, which I am, uh, that phrase almost definitely conveys the presidency. Granted, lots of people work in the actual White House, but the term itself is very nearly synonymous with the president. Were are at a different position in the, exe- in the executive branch. I think he would use another term. Uh, when he was in the cabinet, for example, or when he was in the administration, when he was in the state, meaning the State Department or Justice or Defense, etc. The Walking Dead is certainly making the son Sebastian about as much of a caricature of a privileged privileged douchebag as they possibly can, and they are portraying the equality of the Commonwealth in cartoonish let-them-eat-cake broad strokes. Our heroes encountered a similar dynamic when they first arrived at Alexandria, but the situation and dynamic did not seem as strained or contrived. So
0: that's really just a response to us saying, like, does does in the White House mean he's the president? And apparently it does.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I can I can accept that. Yeah,
0: me too. It's just the the phrase that's used to refer to the president. So Pamela Milton's father, president of the United States pre-apocalypse. Uh, we don't know how long before the apocalypse. I don't know if it matters or not. Um, but, uh, you know, bringing that back around to John's email before. Oh, we got two Johns in a row there. John from Mahopak. You know, she's leading because people will follow and it's kind of in her family or in her blood to to be in this kind of position um, in terms of, uh, you know, the the show portraying the sort of inequality in the Commonwealth as cartoonish. I kind of agree with John in Boston, but at the same time, we're only just getting into it. Right. So it might be given more depth as we move through some more episodes I hope it is anyways because we don't want it to be too cartoony the whole time that being said there are only so many episodes left so like how deep can we really go into this I don't know
1: Well, what they have to do is uh, instead of, you know, catching a fish and then uh, making you a nice fish dinner, what they do is they get the fish, they slap you across the face with the fish, and then they bread the fish, and they batter it, and they deep fry it, and they give it to you with uh, chips on the side, right? So it's they really got to make the point that this is fish, and then we present it to you in a meaningful manner that can be delightfully enjoyed. (laughs) Fuck, it's been a while since I've been to a restaurant. Uh, so I think that's what they're doing here. They're hitting, hitting us across the face with the fish and now they're going to batter it up for us to enjoy with a nice uh, coleslaw and some tartar sauce. <laughs> must, must be hungry. <laughs> yeah. I, I can really use some fish and chips right now.
0: I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. I'm just not a hundred percent convinced that we're going to get to that battered fish and chips meal later, right? We might just get the slap in the face. Because yeah. there are only 14 episodes left. And again, how can we really explore what it's like to live in the Commonwealth in the next 14 episodes? We could, but then there might be nothing else to the show. And I'm not sure that's, that's going to be what we want either. Um, and as I'm saying this, I'm like, okay, now we need a Commonwealth show. Life in the Commonwealth, The Walking Dead, the Commonwealth, you know? I have
1: no interest in that.
0: <laughs> you don't want to see uh, Sebastian... Growing up, or I don't know how old that guy is, but like you know, experiencing life in there and the political
1: dynamics between everybody in the Commonwealth—you don't want to see all that. Not even a little bit. I would not watch that show uh, if it wasn't set in the uh, in the zombie apocalypse. And I don't want to watch that show if it is set in the zombie apocalypse.
0: A zombie apocalypse political intrigue show.
1: Well, it's not even political intrigue. It's, yeah, uh It's more of a you know social. Uh, well, not, the zombie apocalypse is, you know, an allegory, allegory for the social inequality as well. So mm-hmm. it's all, it's just layer upon layer of different uh, fish that get, you get slapped with. <laughs>
0: yeah, all right. I mean, if there was a game show involving fish slapping, I might watch that.
1: Yeah. You know, you get blindfolded, you get slapped with a fish and you have to guess what kind of fish was, that was. It's like, oh, shit, that was a mackerel, <laughs> you know, or and God forbid you ever get hit with a tuna. Those things are big even a large catfish or a pike I mean they're big yeah okay so we're talking about rock bass you know that kind of thing you get slapped across the face with a rock bass that's that's one thing but uh, you know you get hit with a tuna you, you're going to know about it yeah I think you're going to know about it
0: because you're going to be on the ground covered in tuna
1: water well because it weighs like three times as much as you right so. they're huge <laughs> yeah so yet they cost so much when they come in such a tiny little can it's crazy isn't it It's it's funny I haven't bought I haven't eaten tuna in a long time. Now I want a tuna sandwich too. Jeez. See, the problem is my wife is allergic to fish. Oh. And the only time I can ever have fish and chips or tuna is when I'm traveling for work. And it's on the outbound flight, right? Like as soon as I, uh, I leave the house and I go to the airport, I sit down at a restaurant and I have fish and chips. And then I have a week to detox myself before I get back to the house where uh, my wife's deadly fish allergy won't get involved. So- It's been a long time since I've been able to travel for work, so I haven't had fish and chips or tuna in years. Well, that's really kind of you that
0: you you do it on the way out. Makes sense. I mean, you don't want to kill your wife, so uh, that's good. So you need to travel somewhere for work or just
1: go away for a week. And Uh, You know, dear, I'm really craving fish and chips, so uh, (laughs) I'm going to go away for a few days. I'll see you in April. (laughs) I'm just, I'm not going far. I'll stay at the hotel down the street, Uh but I'm not going to see you for like three days because I need fish and chips tonight. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Sounds like a terrible plan. Yeah. All right. Next
0: email from Matt in Lindenwald, New Jersey. Matt writes, there were a lot of tender moments in this episode. The first was after the conversation between Daryl, Carol, Connie, and Kelly. As Connie walks away, Daryl puts a hand on her shoulder. That was a real small moment of affection that says a lot to me. The other stuff involved Ezekiel, his conversations with Jerry and his son, and then later with Carol. My immediate reaction to both was, ah, what nice moments between Zeke and the people he cares about the most. However, after he gave Carol the Henry box, I realized that Ezekiel is preparing to die. He is giving away his most prized possessions to the people he loves the most. He's always been a fun character but I will be fine with either outcome. If he's saved to if he dies, that should make for some touching television as well. Yep, that makes sense. I think Matt's absolutely right. He gave away the leash for the tiger and the Henry box. Yeah, he's he's preparing for it. He's coming to terms with it. Whether it happens or not has yet
1: to be seen. Yep. All right. Uh, next, we have a call from Paul. I'm not doing it. (laughs)
10: You're not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm going to
1: refrain. (laughs)
10: Okay. G'day guys. Paul from Melbourne, Australia here back again for the mid season season. Um, Love your work as always. Um, thought this episode was really good. One of my favorites in a long time. Um, not much to add, um, to the commentary. I was just, uh, had a funny thought. Um, can imagine Judith rocking up to Princess's record store with her friend, a friend buying her a record, and it turns out to be old mate Beta's Half Moon live album. She brings it home to Daryl. Oh, can imagine that! Oh hell, nah, would <laughs> come out of that. Anyway, hope I made it. In time for the feedback show, uh, this, I'll listen to you next week as always. Cheers.
0: Thanks, Paul. First of all, the half-season season is one of the funniest <laughs> the, things I've ever heard. The mid-season season, oh, yeah. sorry, the mid-season season. <laughs> that was funny. I snorted. <laughs> the mid-season season of this show. Uh, that's great. But then uh, just the whole idea of Judith buying... Uh, Beta's old country album, bringing it home to Daryl. Like her just buying it is funny enough, but bringing it home to Daryl and hearing or seeing his
1: reaction, I think
0: it's too bad the show didn't do
1: that. That was a missed opportunity. That yeah. was a missed opportunity. Oh, well, you wouldn't get eat the rich, right? So we, you, you can't have it both ways. Yeah, uh, and I think that uh, if we had to, we made the right choice, but. Uh, I, I think that is a missed opportunity uh, to bring that at bring
7: the that very around.
0: at the very least have the record like sitting there in the rack as they're flipping yep. through it, you know. You do that, and I don't know. Maybe it was. I didn't notice it, but I, I don't think so. It's just too bad because <laughs> they made such a big, not a big deal, but they made a thing out of it, right? And they had an Easter egg of his album on Fear. So yep. you know, it's been in the Walking Dead universe. They could have done something here.
1: Yeah, uh, that definitely is a missed opportunity. A missed Easter egg. I don't think that, yeah, bringing it home to Daryl is one thing, but, uh, you know, just having the album there would be nice. Okay. <laughs> but Paul's right. Like Daryl's reaction would probably be funny <laughs> about yeah. that.
0: It wouldn't be as, uh, he, he brings home the record player, puts it down, they open it up, she pulls out a record to play and it's beta. <laughs> like <laughs> that would have been pretty good. That uh, would have been good. Yeah. All right. Uh, Steve in New Jersey writes, holy crap. The girl that won the Halloween contest dressed as Mercer is Kari Payton's real life daughter. Uh, he found this while watching Talking Dead, apparently. So I didn't watch the show. I didn't nice. know that, but that is kind of cool. Kari Payton's real life daughter came on to play Mercer kid <laughs> who wins the contest. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice. It's always nice to to have a true life uh, nepotism, I guess.
0: I guess so. Yeah. And speaking of Easter eggs, that's kind of a little Easter egg, right? It's a real life cool. Easter egg in a way.
1: All right, lastly, but not leastly, we have uh, an email from George in Avon, Indiana. It's people. The hors d'oeuvres are people. <laughs> That's all. That's
0: the email. The hors d'oeuvres are people. So <laughs> are they eating people at the masquerade it's, ball? Yeah,
1: it's Soylent Green. Yeah. It depends okay. on what day of the week it was, right? So, you know, sometimes uh, you've seen and Green? Oh, well, yeah, but it's been a while. Yeah, so it depends on the day of week. So you have and Blue, and then soil and green, but uh, the soil and green is the good stuff. But it's people.
0: Everybody wants the the good stuff. Yeah. All right. Thank you, George, for that, and thank you everybody else who wrote in and called this week. Fantastic to get so many calls,
1: and uh, just fun to hear from everybody. Some new listeners, some longtime listeners, uh, that kind of good stuff. Everyone's welcome. Everyone is welcome.
0: Absolutely. We do have some new patrons this week, Jason, but I've decided I'm not going to thank them. What? On this podcast, I'm going to save the patron thanking for the main recap shows. And the reason is, gang them all up a little bit, group them together. But also, we typically get a few more listeners to those shows and if i'm going to thank people i want the most number of people to hear that (laughs) so uh, we're going to do patron thanking on the main recap shows so sure don't worry everyone if you are a new patron you will be thanked uh but if you want to become a patron go to patreon.com slash the talking dead to not only help uh support us a little bit which we really really appreciate but also to become uh, or to be in on the uh, prizes we're giving away with every new episode of The Walking Dead. So we'll have a new winner next week after we watch the next episode. So, speaking of the next episode, it will be season 11, episode 11, and it is called Rogue Element. So, if you want to do a title read, record yourself saying Rogue Element. Or incorporating into a sentence or something like that. And uh, I will play title reads on the podcast on Monday when we recap that one. Super. Until then, though, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, visit the website at TalkingDeadPodcast.com. Click on Send Voicemail at the top to record a message to send to us. You can do your title reads that way, too, if you want to. Um, You can also find us on Twitter at dead. Or send email to TalkingDeadPodcast at gmail.com. All right. Anything else, Jason, before we call it a night here, my friend? No, ma'am. No, (laughs) ma'am. All right. Well, in that case, we'll be back on Monday to recap Rogue Element. Hope everyone has a great weekend. And until then, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening.
1: Bye.